Welcome to my existential life crisis. This is a podcast about how pop culture helps me deal. I'm your host, Russell Heiss, and joining me again today is my wonderful wife, Chastity. Hey, guys. Hey. So we are constantly having deep discussions about life and what it all means and how pop culture helps us deal with it. And today's episode is going to be about... Dun, 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 man crushes. Absolutely. I'm very excited about this one. This is um, one of my favorite topics for Russell and I to discuss. We talk about my man crushes a lot. (laughs) It's really fun. In case you didn't catch it, this one's about me and my man crushes. But I'm sure we're going to talk about some of Chas's crushes as well. Maybe. There might be one or two. A couple. So what kicked off this episode here and uh, the desire to write it is our movie night, Friday night. We were making, uh, we make pizzas every Friday, which are delicious, by the way. And the whole family is sitting down watching a movie that I'm sure we've seen a dozen times. Yeah, easily. What, what was it? Beetlejuice. Oh, right, right. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as the kids uh, peeled away to yeah. their own uh, dungeons. Which is generally what happens. We start out with the whole family together watching something we all agree upon and then they get tired of us eventually and they wander off into their own rooms and Russell and I pick something else to watch. Yeah. So uh, last uh, Friday night's movie was the movie What If? Uh, I don't remember the year twenty. 17 2018 something like that with daniel radcliffe and adam driver and i don't know that many of my friends know this about me but i love a rom-com oh he loves a (laughs) rom-com i am in love with the idea of love and i'm in love hopeless romantic oh my gosh absolutely yeah Yeah, i have a broken heart tattooed on my arm because what hopeless romantic doesn't right? have a broken heart tattoo? Yeah, I think it's required. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. <clears throat> well, this movie was a new one for me. I had never even heard of it. Yeah, and same. we stumbled across it and watched the trailer and were hooked immediately. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the reason we are talking today about man crushes is because one of Russell's more prominent man crushes these days is in the movie, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. When we use the term crush, it's not a sexual term. It's not a physical attraction so much as it is a, I can't even put my finger on it, uh, an intellectual attraction. Yeah, definitely. There's just something about Dan Radcliffe that I really like. Um, and you know, from let's take the Harry Potter movies and set them aside because I think Harry Potter movies can be encapsulated in their own little world outside of who Dan Radcliffe really is. Yes. Um, at least, and and I don't know the first damn thing about Dan Radcliffe. So please (laughs) never met the man, (laughs) never met the man. Uh, I don't read articles based on him. I have seen a couple interviews with him on like the tonight show and a couple other, uh, things that pop up, and from what I see about him 
and a couple of the art. Okay, I lied. I've read a couple articles. <laughs> like, but, wait, it's it's beginning to sound like you know more about him than you let on. Just a little bit. I like that he walks dogs. I think that's that's cute. Um, it's fun. I, I like dogs. He likes dogs. So clearly, sure. we should be friends. Match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. So, I uh, I really like how he presents himself, and from the roles he chooses, because I know actors can turn down and accept roles. I feel like the roles that he chooses now are really indicative of the kind of unique person he is. I would agree. All of the things that we've watched him in outside of Harry Potter have been very quirky. Yes. Very unique. Yeah. Um, not a stereotypical role, I think, than what you would expect to see someone coming off of a huge blockbuster series. I mean, this man could write his own ticket. Right. And he's obviously doing that by choosing these roles that he, for one reason or another, really relates to. And yeah. they're all super interesting. They're very interesting. I, I, I don't know anything about his contract terms for Harry Potter, but I imagine he really doesn't have to work after Harry Potter? Probably not. So then he gets to choose the roles he wants to choose. Right. Um, I, I haven't seen the woman in black or lady in black, that kind of scary movie. Oh, thing. yeah, no. I haven't well, seen that. That's because I don't do scary movies, yeah. so sorry. But I think I had you walk watch uh, A Swiss Army Man with yes, me. Yes, I did watch that one. Loved. Super loved weird. how weird that movie was. I, I hated watched it that twice. movie. <laughs> I really, really <laughs> did not like that movie. Not because of Daniel Radcliffe, though. He did a tremendous job. It's just that movie's way too weird for me. That is right up Russell's alley. Super weird. Not my thing. But I love weird movies. Yes. I love movies that make you sit back and think that afterwards, you uh, you know how you've had that, what is that phrase called uh, when after you've read a book and uh, a book hangover? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you, you're like, wow. What am I going to do with my life? <laughs> right. I just finished this book and <laughs> I am forever changed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I like that about movies. Yeah, definitely. And I think from knowing my husband for as long as I've known him now, it's clear to me that the men that he has these man crushes on are not your run-of-the-mill kind of guy. And as we said, it's not about a sexual attraction or about anyone being particularly attractive physically. It's about feeling like you can relate to that person. And for you, it seems to be relating to them on a super weird level. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I, I think super weird is... Yeah. Not uncomfortably weird. weird. Not like creepy weird. Just they're quirky. They're different. They yeah. are also, like you, my love, tend to be very passionate, emotional yeah. kinds of people. So Dan Radcliffe definitely seems to fall into that category, yeah. as do the other man crushes that yes. I know this you have. This isn't just about Dan Radcliffe, by the way. It's not just. This is just the most recent one. And we were like, we've got to talk about this topic because yeah. it's been a recurring theme throughout our entire relationship for mm -hmm. 17 years. And the very first one that you ever told me about, and I was completely shocked at the time because I don't think I understood what you meant by man crush. And now I do was Michael Stipe. Yeah. 
the lead singer of R.E.M. I love Michael Stipe. You really, really love Michael Stipe. And I get it. Dude is super smart, ridiculously talented, even if you don't like their music. Like, you cannot deny the man's passion and his intelligence and his, right. you know, I mean, he's just a really unique individual. But when you first told me that, I was like, huh, would, no offense to Mr. Stipe, but would never describe him as a particularly attractive Oh my gosh, man. I find him so handsome. I know. And I think yeah, that's really adorable. Just now. So last night we were talking about Dan Radcliffe and our crushes. And I got to be honest, like Adam Driver, I think he might. You're going to slip under the door there, Adam, for me, because um, I think. <laughs> he's the, the dark movie, horse entry. <laughs> he's the dark horse entry, right? Yeah. The, um, I, I was entirely surprised at how much I really enjoyed that role that he was in. And I'd only seen him in Star Wars. And then that one uh, inspirational video that was going around with him uh, helping out a vet. Oh, right, right, Because Adam right, yeah. was a vet. Yes, he does a lot. In the of, Army. He does a lot of work with vets. Um, so immediately my respect for him grew tenfold. And only because my father was in the Army and I grew up as an Army brat. And I have a very soft spot in my heart for GIs. And, uh, you know, when we're out at dinner, if I see a GI out there, I will buy their meal. Um, yep. Because I know the sacrifice that those guys go through. Uh, I know what my father lived through so anyway back on topic man crush adam you're, you you slipped in under the door <laughs> last uh friday night so yes here welcome to the party welcome to, welcome to the, the crew yeah which is crew. really funny because he has been my most recent crush which is <laughs> surprising to me because yeah again not my type physically but there's just something about him that I am really, really drawn to. And that has been a, a slow rise into the ranks of my <laughs> crushes because, <laughs> yeah, never would have thought Kylo Ren. But, uh, but there he is. So, he's passionate, sure. Yeah, and you ab- can see absolutely. it in his right. acting. It's yes. there. I think, so as we were just discussing this topic, it just, like, hit me over the head. You and I were talking Friday night about man crushes and I was talking about how it's Dan Radcliffe's eyes. Oh yeah. Not just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You've got good looking eyes, Dan, but it's, you've got these soulful eyes. And when I think about Michael Stipe, he has soulful eyes. That is very true. And my, my little brother has these incredibly soulful eyes. There's something just incredibly alluring and attractive about them and I think that, that that it's the eyes that make me want to know that person more. Yes. And you are definitely, again, you're drawn to people who are passionate and um, emotional. And oh, yeah. Who, emotional. Yeah. Who put their heart and soul into things. And I think that is why we jokingly refer to them as your man crushes because you're not physically attracted to them. You're not trying to date any of these dudes. I mean, you just are really drawn to who they seem to be as people. And that is one of the reasons that I am attracted to you. It is one of the reasons why we are together because you're not afraid of your emotional side. You're not afraid of your sensitive side. You're not, you know, 
caught up in some toxic masculinity bullshit where, you know, you can't admit that another man is attractive or that you are drawn to someone because they're a dude, even though you're hetero. Like, that is extremely attractive to be comfortable enough in yourself to say, this guy really impresses me. I'm so drawn to him because of how he lives his life and what he involves himself in. Like, that's really hot. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I, I think that you're right. Like the intellectual stimulation is what what drives me to it. Um, another one of my early man crushes during our dating period. And uh, keep in mind that this has only been a recent discussion topic of discussion over the past maybe like five, ten years of our dating. I don't know, dude. Michael Stipe, right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. We well, I mean, I had that. to let you know. <laughs> I had to let you know. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's important. It's important. But I think, but, no, you're, you're right you in that the, the in-depth discussion yeah. about this Where we can actually, been, like, pick it apart and start discussing. Yes, where we can analyze it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably, like, the last ten years or so. I'm a little bummed that Robert Smith didn't make it into that list. But oh, truthfully, gosh, Robert no, he's was a train wreck. Sorry. A little bit of a weirdo. A <laughs> little bit? Okay. Sure. <clears throat> yes. Being generous. Weirdo. No, I get it. I get but it. Being that I am a massive Cure fan. I understand. I think there was just something a little more loving about mm-hmm. Michael. Yeah. And even though, like, Robert's songs are all about love. Oh, I loved yeah. It. Very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I hear you over there, emo kid. But the next one, though, we talked about was, and by the way, emo. <laughs> We're talking pre-screamo <laughs> garbage, you know. And I'm all I'm all about the screamo. I'm all about the. the, the, the all right, look, don't don't get your panties in a bunch. It's okay. We're gonna have just a podcast <laughs> on emo. We will have many podcasts yeah. about music and music terms. I'm sure. But anyway, right. Staying on topic. Staying on topic. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. This I know. is why it's my job. Yes. It's I love my it. job. Yes. Uh, Zach Braff. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about Zach Braff. All right. So, Garden State. I know some people are like, ugh, that movie is so pretentious. Well, it is. But But is it? Yeah, totally. How is it? But I still loved it Mm. because it's Zach Braff sucking his own dick the whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why it's pretentious. I think that might have been the first time you saw me cry. I 100% know it was the first time. Was after that movie. Yeah. In yes. the mall parking lot. Yep. Because it was the only theater we had playing. Yep. And I talk about a movie hangover. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, that was, yeah. And I think that movie was so raw and tender to me that I couldn't watch it again for a long time afterwards. Yeah. Even it, after I bought it on DVD. Right. Well, you needed to own it because yeah. that's also who you are, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You needed to own that because it was so um, impactful. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was something that we didn't watch again for a while because it was, it kind of wrecked us both. It was really super impactful. And right, it was, it was so real. It was, I've I've wanted to write, I've wanted to write books, I've wanted to write movies, I've even wanted to be in a band. Right. And I, I've, I've never quite got there. And maybe we could blame the ADHD, um, (laughs) but one of, I don't know if you could consider him a man crush, but one of my, the people that I've admired the most over the past, you know, 15 plus years, 20, 20 plus years, goodness, 
um, has been Chuck Reagan. Yes. And I, he does guided fly fishing tours. Okay, if you don't know who Chuck Reagan is, for the people out there, because not, not everyone will. Sure. Do you want to explain where you um, first learned of Mr. Reagan? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, in a band called Hot Water Music. Love, 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 yeah. love. One of the most passionate driving bands of the 90s that kind of encapsulated this, uh, I don't even know what category you put them in, post-hardcore, indie rock. It yeah. wasn't any of it. It fit outside this bubble that was, but it was still within it. It also is to me, a very Richmond band, even though they're yeah. not a quote-unquote band mm-hmm. from Richmond. It just felt at the time when you and I were going to those shows, and we were not together at the time. No. Unbeknownst to us, we were at these shows at the same time, not knowing one another. But at the time when they were touring and we were seeing them at Alley Cats and around this neck of the woods, it was it really captured a very Richmond spirit to yes. me. like. Well, yes. Anyway, we, with the Hot Water Music, I could do a podcast alone <laughs> on. So I don't want to. Um, I think you could do one on just Chuck Reagan. I think Point I being, so he's Chuck, another one of those guys that Russell just really, really identifies with. Well, my point in bringing Chuck up was about uh, while we were fishing, I was such a fanboy. <laughs> and I, I had mentioned to him how I n- never got into playing an instrument or I wanted to, but I was too busy running away from my own demons and chasing love to sit down and actually hone any kind of musical skills that would help me uh, uh, express my emotions. Through music, right. Through music. And so I was able to sit back and appreciate that and so and you talked to Chuck about this I when did. you guys were fishing. So Chuck does these guided fishing tours yeah. in California, and Russell was fortunate enough to be able to book one with him. And it was just the two of them. And I got to say, I my man was super out. giddy. Yeah. <laughs> he was super giddy to have this experience. And flashback, what, maybe seven years ago, we also oh, yeah. won this <laughs> contest that we random Russell randomly entered mm-hmm. to have backstage meet and greet and flights and tickets to um, a show that Chuck was playing in Texas. So we won it, which was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? so we went down to Texas, met up with Chuck and the guys took a tour of the Stetson hat (laughs) factory, (laughs) like so random went to the show hung out with Chuck for a little bit. He pulled us backstage yeah. during the show, the which was way, amazing. Brian Fallon played. Oh, and then so right good. before Chuck Reagan and the camaraderie went on, he sent his tour manager out to grab Chas and I because while the meet and greet was so awkward, it was I don't super, think that I talked to Chuck about this, but they, they, they stuck us in this foyer of this show place, the House of Blues, and then they paraded the band out. <laughs> And George Rebello is the drummer for Hot Water Music, but he was standing in for the regular drummer of the camaraderie for this particular leg of the tour. And there were other people there that actually paid for the meet and greet. Right. And 
they were humping on Chuck. Oh, like, dude. They bogarted Chuck the whole yep. time. And so we I was didn't like, really get to talk to him too I've much I've met then. Chuck before. Right. It's cool. Let them it's have fine. their moment. And, of course, what's funny is Chuck meets thousands and thousands of people a year. So, of course, I couldn't expect him to remember me from 15 years prior when I was hanging out with them and talking to them and uh, at, at different shows. But he sees us standing out front, like in front of the stage, and sent his manager out to grab us. So we got to sit backstage. Well, we had like 30 seconds to talk before they had to go backstage. Yeah. So we were quickly, hey, I'm from Richmond. Uh, you know, Ed Trask sends his uh, sends his regards. regards. <laughs> and we were talking about kids. I mean, it was like maybe a minute and a half of a maybe, conversation. Maybe. So, yeah, he sends us tour manager backstage. We didn't have backstage passes. No. Nope. So we get to sit backstage and see Chuck Reagan backstage. He comes out, brings us a beer. Yes. <laughs> and it was it was fantastic. It was. Yeah. I'd said earlier we had backstage passes, but we didn't. We, we didn't. did not have backstage no. passes. We had the, the meet and greet Meet and greet passes. passes. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Chuck Reagan, another man crush. Another man crush. Been around um, for quite a while. And admiration. And I cannot believe I got to hang out with him the way that I did. It was so fun and different. But... You know, what I was getting at with all of that <laughs> prior to was that I was telling Chuck I never got to the point where I was able to uh, play guitar well enough to do anything more than strum a few chords. And I really admire how Zach Braff was able to write this movie, uh, Garden State, and and direct it. And I think he directed it, right? I'm pretty sure he did. Whatever he did with it. Yeah, it was his project. It was his project, right. So he he put it out there for the world to see, for better or worse. And, uh, you know, as fictional as it may have been, was still a fantastically moving movie. And, and one of which uh, I know I related to. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, also happens to, it happens to be his top favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, so Fistink. Right. And uh, surprising, surprised me when yeah. I found it out. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called that one. I have not seen okay. Garden State 2. So, Wait, so Zach there's Braff, a 2? There's a 2. Oh, I don't want to see a second one. Yeah. I, I have this thing. There are certain movies that there just should not be a sequel, let alone a part 3. I thought there was a second one. I don't I'm know. I'm sure there was a that second one. That sounds crazy. And we'll if, if so, out. that's just wrong. If you weren't aware... I don't do research for this podcast. <laughs> no, we are totally flying by the seat of our pants here, y'all. Yeah. Uh -huh. It is just like we jot down some ideas and then we start shooting the shit. But that's how <laughs> we work best together. That so it's good. It really is. And that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Like this is not some scripted, like this is not a lecture. Like this is us just BSing and having a good time and hoping that the people who choose to listen might enjoy it. Um, so who else do we have? I think we've hit the major ones. Who else? Michael Stipe. We said Michael Stein. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We said Zach Braff. Mm -hmm. Dan Radcliffe. Yes, we've added Adam Driver to the mix. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say he's official. Um, After Friday night, he's Friday official. night solidified. Okay, yes. all right, I see yeah. that. Um, those those are your major ones. Now, granted, there are plenty, plenty of other artists and musicians Ooh, and Alton Brown. Uh, there we go. Well, so I don't know if I would consider Alton Brown a man crush. I would consider him more like Mr. Wizard, well, who yeah, I look up yeah, yeah. to right. and admire. Exactly. He's more of like a mentor yes. kind of oh, role for you. Like there are people that you look up to. I mean, As Alton teachers, Brown's not equals. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I don't know how Michael Stipe has always fallen into that equals category. Always. Well, he just has. I mean, you. Yeah. I, I think the other key thing with these guys, too, is that I think that if you were to meet any of the ones that you haven't met, Michael Stipe, Dan Radcliffe, Adam Driver, you would definitely talk to them and feel like you could talk to them in a not creepy way in a yeah. not like I mean you would definitely fanboy out for sure but you can hold it together <laughs> enough I think that you view them as equals um, and so that's what I mean by that you view them as equals and someone that you would really love to talk to and yeah. I think that you would whereas sometimes the more mentor roles you're like I don't really know right. so <laughs> Funny story about the mentor role. I knew this was going to come up. Yeah. I knew it. Morimoto. Morimoto. We got to talk about it. Okay, we do. We have to talk about it. So let's. I don't let's, know how long ago this was. Maybe we're gonna like s- 10 years? Oh, gosh. Maybe. We're going to set the stage here. So if you don't know us very well, um, you may not know that we are total foodies. Food yeah. is a huge driving force in our entire family's life. Um, you know, Russell mentioned the Friday night pizza night. This is not just like, you know, whipping out some store-bought dough. This is like Russell nurtures his sourdough starter and makes the no Papa crust. John shit. Yeah, no. This is not delivery or DiGiorno. This is some homemade goodness. Anyway, point being, we take food very seriously in our, in our lives. And Iron Chef Morimoto has long time been one of Russell's like most favorite chefs. We've yes. eaten at his restaurants. Man crushes and mentors. Okay. All right. Definitely. Mentors could be another yeah. one. Definitely. Right. But we've eaten at Morimoto's many, many times. Our kids have been there with us. Yeah. We absolutely We conceived Stella. The, yeah, we did conceive at Stella at right. So thank you, Mr. Yeah. Morimoto. In Philadelphia. For, for the delicious food mm-hmm. and the awesome sex afterwards that conceived our eldest child. So the (laughs) reason we're bringing this up is because Russell actually got to meet Morimoto at his restaurant in Philly. So we, (laughs) so (laughs) go ahead. I'll let let you start. Chas, if you know anything about my wife, which you don't, unless you're friends, which that's primarily our listening base at the moment. Chess is a planner. If yeah, big you time. throw a wrench in her gears, it does not go over be well. Unto you. Yeah, I am. I am not a spontaneous, spur of the moment no. person. I and have many strengths. That is not one of them. And I fly by the seat of my pants. Yep. I have an idea. We got to go do it now, or it's never going to happen. Oh my gosh! Yes, there has been much strife and tumultuousness in our relationship over this. However, yeah. we found our balance. But I am the planner; he is not. Mm-hmm. So, I followed Morimoto Philadelphia on Facebook, or Morimoto on Facebook, and he makes a post that says, "We'll be in Philadelphia on this date," and I kid you not, it was like three days away. Not even. It was not. It was two days. Was it? Okay. Yes. So I see this and I think I sent it to to you and, and you were like, yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. So I called her where she was working at the time. And I said, I need Chas off at this time. Okay. Wait, hold up before you get there. What you said was, do you want to go see Morimoto? 
in Philadelphia. And I was like, yeah, sure. But when that's not going to happen, that's like two days away. I have to work. You have to work. <laughs> we have kids. And Russell's like, what if I handle all of that? I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, sure. All right. Okay, Jan, you handle all of that. You make all the arrangements. You take care of the kids and the dogs and work. And I will absolutely go thinking in my head, there's no fucking way that this man is going to plan all of this in 48 hours. I don't think you quite knew what I was capable of. I did then. not. At that point, no. I was no. not aware. Um, and you definitely surprised me. Yeah. Because he did. He took care of all of it. I find out that he has called our dear friend, Audrey, who is, who at the time was the front desk manager at the salon where I was working had her block out my Friday afternoon so I didn't have any more clients so that we could leave early. It was only like an hour or two. But it was an important hour or two because we had to hit the road at a certain time. He called and got the last dinner reservation available in the restaurant, which was for 8 p.m. Was it 8? It was 8. I thought it was 9. Oh, no, you're right. It was 9. 9 p.m. Okay. First of all, I don't eat dinner that late, but I digress. Oh, no. So. Goodness. Makes the, gets the very last reservation for a two-top, 9 o'clock p.m. in Philadelphia. Calls my mother. Gets my mom to get off work early so that she can come and take care of the kids and the dogs. And books a hotel room. Like, he got that shit handled. <laughs> In like two hours. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're actually going? It was done. Yeah. And he was like, done. You said we'd go. I'm like, well, shit, I guess we're going. That's right. That's so right. we did. So we get up to Philadelphia. And um, <clears throat> for those of you, we live in Richmond, Virginia. And for those of you who have lived in Richmond for the past 20, 30 years, you know that Getting to D.C. used to take an hour and a half. Now it takes three hours. <laughs> right. Getting to Philadelphia. Pitch. You, I, I, I had made that trip in under four hours before. Which seems crazy. Yes. But we were counting on six hours. Like we that's were what we were, six, we were hoping for. We were hoping for six. Right. And you know, Friday night. Friday afternoon. Friday yeah. night, driving up through D.C. Oh, my gosh. All the way up 95 into Philly. We hit traffic at every possible yep. place that you could hit traffic. Mm -hmm. Fredericksburg, D.C., Baltimore. I mean, we were just everywhere. everywhere. It was so stress yes, central. We were, our plan was to get to the hotel, drop off our shit, change clothes, get to the restaurant. Nope. Instead, we are driving down the highway, changing on clothes on 95. While driving, changing clothes, I'm slapping on some makeup, trying to make my hair look decent, trying to put on a cute outfit. I'm holding the steering wheel while Russell's, like, changing shirts. <laughs> this is insanity, and I'm dying and laughing because it's so asinine and ridiculous, but we're like, no, this is going to work. And it yeah, did. We it did. Parked. We made it there five minutes early. <laughs> yes. Five minutes early. I think we parked at the hotel, which was like two blocks away. No, we parked in a parking garage, love, and walked around the corner. We found a parking garage near oh. the restaurant and walked. And we were walking in that joint with three minutes to spare. Right. So, I ask, is, is Morimoto, Morimoto here? still here? <laughs> and the, uh, uh, the hostess. A hostess said, yeah, he's just sitting down to a bowl of ramen. And if you want to go say hi... 
Actually, I don't think she said that. The no, server said No, she said, said that. he's still here. Yes, she, he's still here. But he was that. working a private party downstairs. Yeah. In their yeah. private room. So then we meet our server, and the service at Morimoto's is always freaking top-notch. The servers are tremendously amazing. Mm-hmm. And so our server was just an angel. She was so sweet and wonderful, and we just had a blast with her. We are nice and drunk at this point. And, um, oh, yeah. I don't think I was drinking. Uh, yeah, because you were nervous. You were. I was sober as a church mouse. No way. I promise. I, yes. Wasn't okay. drinking. All right. Wasn't I will drinking. stand corrected. Okay. We had kids. Okay. I stopped drinking when right, Stella right, was Right, 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 right. You're right. I was good and drunk at yes. this point. Okay. Sorry. So, so the server, server comes is over like, And yeah. I'm like, uh, so it does, is... I don't remember how I got to asking her about No, Morimoto, but you were like, is it is it cool is it okay if, if I, I talk to him? Because we were like, like seeing him over sitting yeah, at the bar eating his He was sitting at the ramen. bar eating his dinner by himself, like nobody around him. And she was like, he loves it when people go say hi. Please go do so. If you want I to, I promise like... you. No, she was so sweet. She's like, I promise, go. And Russell's like, okay, we're doing this. So I grab my phone so I can take a picture. We walk up and we're like, Russell can't talk to him. Oh, my gosh. He was gosh. so nervous. He is a giant to me. Yes. And I'll tell you why people like, uh, you know, I think I could get along with Dalton Brown, but Morimoto is like the Picasso of food. Yeah, man. He's amazing. There's something incredible about him. Yes. He is bigger than life. And yes. when you see him in person and you know of the talent and passion that's behind those eyes. Yes. It is intimidating. It is the eyes for you. And so, all I could say was. <laughs> all he could say was, well, wait, hang on. I was like, I had to do the introduction. So I said, excuse me, sir. We want a moment of your time, if you don't mind. We are huge fans, and we were wondering if it would be possible to introduce ourselves and take a picture with you. And he was like, yeah, sure. And I absolutely. did this, like, half bow. Yes. Russell <laughs> sort of bent kind of weirdly at the waist. It was so <laughs> precious and awkward. And they shake hands, and Russell, bless his heart, goes, I like your food. <laughs> That's all he could say. I was dying. It was this stilted, weird voice. I'm like, what I just I happened? I didn't know what to say. I know. You were so cute. And I snapped a picture, and I am dying inside yeah. trying to hold it together. And he was so gracious and wonderful. And then we walked away, and Russell was like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It but was amazing. I, was, I didn't want to interrupt him during his dinner. I know. There was so many thoughts going in, yeah. in my head. I'm sure a couple of drinks would have helped me right, right. relax a little bit. Well, yes. And that's, I guess, why I remembered it wrong. It yeah. was me who had had. No, we were <laughs> hammered the first time that we went to Morimoto's. Yes. Okay. So. Man crush. Uh, yes. Let's. Uh, let's Morimoto is a, a giant. And so extremely intimidating. And I think that's the. the the well, that's the difference between the, the man difference. crush and the mentor mentality, yes. right? Right, like right, right, right. He would fall into the mentor. He's a mentor category, and not the man and crush. I, I feel like I could get along with Dalton Brown well enough. Oh yeah, I don't, definitely. I don't think that there's something personable about him. Yeah, where I I'm think like, so. yeah. And we've, gotcha. you know, we've seen him in person. We've like, you know, seen him not on TV. Yeah, talking, but yeah. Okay, I think we hit the major ones. Major ones. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm sure new ones will. Uh, I've always thought Ethan Hawke is handsome. Oh, Ethan Hawke's ridiculously yeah. handsome. Absolutely. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Like? Oh, yeah. Ewan McGregor. And Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. Okay. These, Johnny Lee Miller started with 
Hackers. Hackers. I think so many people's did. But I saw Hackers back when it was in the theaters, and then there comes along um, Train Spotting. Yep. And Train Spotting blew my mind. That book was a pivotal book for me, and I think we should do it. Like, that's definitely one of my podcast books. Uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned for the next one. Um, but so Johnny Lee Miller and Ewan McGregor, there was just something <clears throat> broken and raw about their performances that uh, every performance I've seen either of them in afterwards, uh, again, same as we talked about earlier with Camp Radcliffe, is I feel like you guys are choosing these roles in which you know you're going to kill it. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I'd be heartbroken to find out if you're complete <laughs> assholes, but I, I follow you guys on Instagram, and I know you're not. At least I hope that's you. <laughs> yes. Well, they, they probably aren't going to hear this, so I think I They're think we're listen. safe. You think so? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll let you know if you and you know sends me a text or whatever and says that he's a big fan. Well, his his uh, what was that motorcycle trip he took? Oh my gosh, yeah, that was amazing. That was fun. Yeah. Well, he's that great. Was a lot I, of fun. I mean, come on, it's Ewan McGregor. He's amazing. Yeah. And Johnny Lee Miller has a cat. Johnny Lee Miller is about his cat. Yeah. Well, and both of those two men are like beyond hotness. So you they know, they are very handsome. Super and handsome. Ewan McGregor in Train Spotting is like about as hot as they come. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Loved loved him. Yes. So those are those are my man crushes, and I think you now understand the reasons why. Yeah. But it's I think when I look at all of them and I compare them, it's about those eyes. Well, it is not necessarily exclusively. No, but no, no. But that again, to me, that is you feeling that connection to the emotional sensitivity and the depth and mm. the passion yeah. and that is something that is super important to you and that you connect with. And I completely understand that. And it makes total fucking sense for you as a person, knowing you the way that I do, that of course, these are the men that you have man crushes on. Of course you do. Yeah. Celebrity man crushes. I think yeah. I've got <clears throat> local non-celebrity slash half celebrity man crushes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, but these are the celebrity ones that, through their their work have come onto your radar at various points in your life tremendous amount of appreciation for their artwork Mm -hmm. Uh, and again not in a creepy stalkery i'm not trying to find out where you live when we come to london (laughs) in (laughs) the end of december and hang out with you though we we will be at duke's Yes, Having if any of you martinis? want to join us for martinis and cocktails, that'd be great. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know. Mentor or man crush? Patrick Stewart. He Clearly a mentor? Clearly. Clearly a mentor. I mean, it's JLP. JLP. <laughs> I gotta love some JLP. But I, I don't know. I think he might. He's definitely not a man crush, but he's a mentor. Yeah, definitely yeah. mentor. There mentor is status. something incredibly Oh. Amazing. <laughs> Come on. Mentoring. He's mentoring phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yes, he is. Well, I had a bunch of notes about the What If movie, and I felt like that was what we were going to talk about a bit. Yeah, but that's just but the my launching notes are off. Funny. Yeah, that's just the launching off point, though. So, uh, I think 
I started making notes after Dan killed yes. his uh, sex nacho high. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. Okay, we don't want to say too much about it because for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, I want them to go watch it. So. Spoiler alert. You're going to hear spoilers. Yeah, okay, but no more spoilers about it. We can do an entire podcast about movies and touch on yeah, things you're right, that. You're right. This yeah. one's about... Let's, let's focus. Focus, Man sir. crush, Man not crush. the movie. And I think we've covered it very well. All right. Adam. <laughs> Dan. Michael. Michael. Ewan. Uh, Ewan and Johnny. Johnny Lee. You mm. guys are the best. I love you. When I see you, I'll probably say nothing. But he might say, Thank you. I like your movies. I like your movies. <laughs> I like your acting. I like your acting. Oh, you're maybe, so cute. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. I have enough tact these days to keep my mouth shut. So yes, yes. It's not going to happen. No, probably not. No. But that's okay. I love you guys. Yes. Thank you for the inspiration. And I we're going to have another podcast again soon i'm not sure what the topic's going to be but uh stay tuned and i don't think we're gonna have to do any editing on this i think we nailed it dude i think we're good yeah thanks for listening you guys yeah Yeah. all right bye bye